The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Tuesday afternoon, 630 Chad Afternoon News. Jaylen Nye. Producer Brad popping in. Feels like Monday for me. Holy smokes. Oh, you were well, you were in Ottawa over the weekend, weren't you? I was a quick little trip too, so today uh, it's Tuesday, but feeling like a Monday. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's well because how long of a flight is that? To About four hours. Four hours. Two hour time change ahead. Hit the ground running. Pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah, some lovely delays on the way there. <laughs> Got into Ottawa at about five in the morning. It's great. Ugh. I have to be honest with you. Uh, this trip that uh, that we just uh, took when I was when we were away on holidays was possibly and let knock on wood because gosh knows what the next one could be like was probably one of the easiest traveling trips ever there and especially back. I don't know if it was. It was Wednesday to Wednesday when we were traveling. I don't know if it was the days. I don't know what it was, you know, flying into Calgary during Stampede. But it was easy. There was no lineups. There was no headaches. It was really, really nice. That's fantastic. I wish I could trade you. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. So my flight not only got delayed by about four hours, when I got on the plane, I turned on a movie. Mm. And about an hour into the movie, just my side of the plane... All the TVs um, went out. So, you know, I ding an attendant and ask, can we, you know, reboot, you reboot it? it? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. Half an hour goes by, ding them again. So how about that reboot? Ah, sir, it's it's just not going to work tonight. Oh, okay, so the reboot just suddenly doesn't work tonight. So you were flying overnight, though, right? I wasn't supposed to originally. Why didn't you just sleep? I can't sleep on planes. I just can't. Yeah, I can maybe doze for 10 or 15 minutes, but... I'm not the type that can just turn my head to the right or turn my head to the oh, left yeah. and pass out. Can you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I'd be curious to know with Chetville because I can do it in a car and on an airplane. I mean, I if I'm in a car for very long, when I was working for Global, for example, and we'd have to drive across town to go to an assignment from the south side, from Allard Way, and let's say I had to go out to... I don't know, St. Albert or something like that, or Toefield, I'm sound asleep in the car and I'm shaking off the groggies when when I get to the assignment. Um, But, you know, on an airplane, I get in and usually um, by the time the plane is taxiing down the runway, I'm half asleep. Wow. Yeah. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I am. I got one of those good neck cushions. Yeah. You got to get a good neck and good, get a good one. And, uh, you know, you put that all on there, put your little sleep music on or whatever it is, and out. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous. I just can't do it. I've tried, you know, other people's suggestions on things Mm. to take to try to... uh, up the process and speed things up, but it just doesn't it's work. Not happening. No. So. What about long distance? If you're dri- if you're dri- if if driving, you're- yes, I can do dr- in a car. Okay, you can sleep in a car. I don't know what the difference is. I yeah. don't know why, but I can sleep in a car just mm. fine. But something about being in a plane, maybe it's. The cramped space. The cramped space, for sure. And you eventually know, I always try to grab the aisle seat. Somebody's going to try and stand up and go to the bathroom, so you're going to wake up. And why do you grab the aisle seat? My legs. Yeah. I need the space. But the, then you have to, like, pull them back in every time the cart's going by, so it's not really relaxed. You get the window, and then you curl into the window, and you fall asleep. That's you right there. Mm-hmm. Window seat, neck pillow. All the time. Done. 
My poor husband gets the middle seat all the time, and Jim has big shoulders, and so he's usually, like, hunched in together. And by the time we get to wherever we're going, he's got a cramp in the middle of his back, and he's not happy about it. But bless his heart, he does that for me. Yeah, and he has nobody to talk to the entire time because you're no, zonked No, well, he's out. watching movies. Oh, okay. He watches he's movies. He's okay with it. He can't sleep on the plane? No, he dozes. He dozes, but he mainly watches movies. Yeah, I know that's about it. But the joys of traveling, and at the end of the day, I know, don't tax first world problems. I get it. Um, because it is quite amazing that you can travel to wherever and be there in four hours. Oh, yeah. But it is. It's getting crampier and crampier and more and more constraints um, every time. You know what I found really interesting is, and I thought about this after going through security, is they're so concerned about you bringing in liquids, you know, 100 milliliters yeah. or 150, yet I can bring my lighter through. Like I could start a fire on the plane or light something on fire, but with liquid, yeah, I can't. Didn't that just change recently though? Like it was um, just in the last couple of years, you were allowed to bring lighters back on? Oh, I didn't know if it had changed, but I, <laughs> I just, brought, I've always just on brought or? mine on. I've never had to throw it in my. Are uh, you allowed to bring lighters on a plane? Well, it would go through the security scanner, and yeah, because you have to dump it in or else it goes off when you, when you walk through. And they don't, they haven't stopped me the last four or five times I've flown. I heard a story today. Um, I heard a story today about uh, a fellow who uh, used to backpack all the time and in it had a five-inch kind of blade, that uh, folded blade, and then it never, ever got found and he to totally forgot about it in his backpack and nobody ever found it. Really? In all of the traveling that he did. And he just put it in the through the security through the security belt thing and, and nothing ever happened really but i have to say the the new uh the new setup at edmonton international is quite nice isn't it it is it's not quite done yet but it's no. it's a lot smoother than it's been in years past and uh just by the shape of it when it's finally done they're going to have a lot more aisles to check your baggage as well. Oh. <laughs> the text line, uh, yeah, I'm 6'6 six, six and 285. Yes, the seats are crazy small. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, one lighter and no torches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no better wake up than a serving cart in the knee or, you know, someone busting by and, and hitting you in the shoulder. Uh, this is, uh, when I travel alone, my goal is to be asleep before takeoff. Uh, it's the best. Not possible when flying with the entire family. Uh, here's your tip, uh, my friend. Uh, take a good shot of whiskey before your flight takes off and it'll get you right to sleep. Uh, oh my gosh, Jay, I'm the same as you. Any vehicle with motion makes me always fall asleep. That's a D out in the West End. And then, then this one, anytime, any place, close my eyes and dreamland, stoner life, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Terry says, thunderstorm on the north side, by the way, in the North Mountain neighborhood, intense lightning, no hail. So anyway, keep us coming if you, there's weather out there. Uh, and this one, I need a comfortable place to sleep. I can't sleep in a very small place unless I'm very tired. I don't know if this goes back to like early memories of, of um, being a kid and my parents would bring the kids like we would travel from let's say Belleville Ontario to Peterborough to see my to, to see my mom's family and that's about like an hour and a half or two hours away and you'd come back late on a on whatever night it was and they would just curl us up in the back seat probably no seat belts they probably you know maybe shouldn't have been driving because you know it was the 70s and they were stupid um, but yeah curled up back there and and then being woken up do you remember that being woken up in the cold and then being dragged 
in. Well, just stay here. And you had to go, you know, all the way in. Gosh, you know, those are some those are some good memories. But I could I've always been able to fall asleep in a car. Yeah, and I, it's the same for me. I used playing hockey growing up and going on road trips mm. all the time. It'd just be my dad and I. But I would bring a pillow. Yeah. Go in the back seat. Put it against the door. Yep. Minutes gone. <laughs> it's the best. It really is. Um, I want to take a break here. When we come back, I mean, we've had this conversation uh, a couple of times on the show over the years. It's about those folks who believe that the the space out front of their house on the road is their personal parking spot. Um, what do you do about that? Uh, I know when I lived in Terwilliger Town, I used to get a little ticked off when, when people would park in front of my house. But I'm like, that's not my spot. I have a garage around the back. Uh, there's a little issue over in Bonnie Dune right now. Uh, we'll get to that right after this. Steve just texted in. Said in 2008, I went to England to do a stone sculpture. On my return, I forgot I had three skill saw blades and four sharp chisels in my backpack. I made it all the way to Edmonton before I found them. It never set any x-ray machine off. Wow. Wow. Mm. I got randomly selected on both flights. Did you really? Yeah. And so I went Edmonton to Calgary, Calgary to Ottawa. So that's what makes me wonder is I went through Edmonton. I got randomly selected. Then I got to Calgary and I left because I had a huge layover. So I went out for a smoke. But when I came back in, I got randomly selected again. So I don't know how random it really is. I got uh, one of the most recent ones. I did the whatever the hand thing is, whatever they're looking for right. on that one. And then... Um the private pat down in the oh. corner room. Oh yeah, you, they didn't have the the machine where you stand uh, in. I've and done that one too. Um, <laughs> and then there was some concerns with the uh, the groin area. They said like there was. I don't know. So then I had, and I'm like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. Well, they said, well, we can't get a proper. Oh my god. Okay. What is happening here? Like, what is going on in yeah. my life, right? And so, so we have to take you into the back room. And I said, okay, that's fine. I mean, do what you have to do. And they're like, okay, do you have anything? I said, well, underwire, you know, in my bra and that sort of stuff. But, oh, yeah, that was like... Because that takes so much longer. When you go in that tube, it takes about eight seconds. Yeah. They spin it around once it. or twice. And, yeah. okay, you're good, obviously. And then you just... You know, you go on your way, but walk to the back room. They ask you some questions. You have to go through the whole routine. It's a more frustrating situation to be involved in. I randomly get selected every time, nearly every time through security. I'm blonde and blue-eyed. Surprise not. Uh, I went to Fort McMurray and uh, back with a butane torch in my backpack, says Al. Uh, sounds like Godzilla downtown with a surprise thunderhead that appeared. The huge squall of storms from the northwest will be fun. Calgary is getting storms from the west. I'm audio recording uh, for YouTube sound effects, says this person. Okay. This weather. Well, the storm that rolled through last night, did you get a storm in where you are? 
If I did, I was passed out cold because it would have happened overnight. No, I, no, no. So this was probably around 8 o'clock last night. Oh, no. Big thunder rolled. Like in, again, I live deep, deep southwest. Right. Uh, but big thunder, big rain. And then, I don't know, 20 minutes, it was clear sky. Oh. So this is what I wanted to, uh, to bring up with you. Um, and, and I want to know what you, how you feel about this, uh, Chadville, because, you know, well, just listen. There's a couple of homeowners in uh, Bonnie Dune that are pretty upset that drivers continue to park in front of their property. So they have tried to put a stop to it with their own signs. So there's a homeowner on 82nd Avenue is using a a no parking sign and pylons to stop mainly construction workers from leaving their vehicles there. The other is on 83rd Street. It's a homemade sign that says no road worker parking. Um, this person, uh, I won't say his name on, on the air, but he says he wanted to be able to park in front of my house every once in a while. He said the sign will stay there until the Valley Line LRT construction is over. Um, Transed is acknowledging that construction is disru- disruptive and wants to be a good neighbor, but reminds them it is public parking. Um, the crowded street uh, for other people saying, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, some people saying, you know, sometimes I have to park about three three doors down from in front of my house. A complaint has been issued against, uh, I guess, a couple of these signs. What is it about us? And I'm using the royal us here, the royal we here, that make us believe that that spot in front of our house belongs to us. I think it's because it's your place, right? It's your home. That's what you look out at? You look out onto the street. You go, you know what? That eight-foot section, (laughs) that is mine. I don't want to park 20 feet down the street. That's not where my home is. My car belongs right in front. No, no, no. Your car belongs back on the parking pad behind you or in the driveway or in the garage behind your house. I agree with you, but this isn't what most people think like. No, and it was... So, when I lived in Terwilliger Town, I was one of these people. I lived on Tomlinson Common, and when I came home for my supper break, I wanted to be able to just scooch right in, go in through the front door, and then leave an hour and a half later and head off back to work. I would not consider going all the way down the alley and have to open the garage, do all of that. I'm like, who did I think I am? Who, who did I think it was? Like, come on already. And it's funny, too, because sometimes you park outside of somebody's place and, and you look... And they're, they're peeking out their window. <laughs> oh, is this a criminal parking outside of my home? What are they up to? No, or they're just parking there because it's an available spot near where they need yeah. to go. That's it. Yeah. See, for the longest time when I lived in Terwilliger Town, I only had a parking pad in the back. I didn't have a, a garage. Right. So it didn't really matter, you know, whatever. So I didn't really, it wasn't until I got divorced and I got a garage in the divorce, to be honest with you. And that's a whole other story. That garage almost killed me. Because the uh, the uh, garage door wasn't hooked up properly. Oh, uh, nice. Did I ever tell you this story? No. Backing out one day. So my ex-husband uh, built the garage for me. And bless his heart, you know, what, we had a great divorce. But he built the garage for me. You know, String couldn't, obviously, couldn't figure out the pulley system. And just kind of hooked up the, uh, the door to the main crankshaft that comes across. I'm backing out of my garage and... Uh, my, my little Kia Sorento, just get out. Oh, woof. 
the garage door comes crashing down, missed the front of my truck by about a foot. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I imagine that was a good phone call after that. That happened. was a fun one. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Very cordial and calm. And The guys at the... Uh, the, uh, the the door company that, that helped to come fix it. He's like, well, where where's the pulleys? I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, there was like a pulley system. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't do this. He says, it was never, ever hooked up. Holy Crazy, smokes. eh? Thank goodness for on, on a number of fronts on that one. Hey, Red's on the phone. Hey, Red. Hi. I'd love to talk to you about that parking. Okay. Every well, t- you've got about 30 seconds. Go. Every time, every time K-Days is in town, there's nobody you can park downtown. You can park down there any other time by Safeway anywhere. Kate Ace is in town. You can't park nowhere downtown. But, though, when the music festival is on the south side, on Connors Hill, everybody can park mm. anywhere they want on anybody's street. Now, what's the difference? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Red. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if it's, if, it's, if it's public parking, it's public parking. But it takes a lot of people off, right? Again, the thing is, like we were talking about, you know, believing that the, the, the spot on the road in front of your house actually belongs to you when it doesn't. Yeah, but the why do they make it? Why do they tow your vehicle if you're at K-Days parked in front of somebody's house? And when, when the when the music festival comes to town in the summer, they can park anywhere in the south if they want. I don't know, Red. We'll have to ask the city. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, parking in front of the house, infuriation explained. We have a legal obligation to maintain a slim strip, the snow, rain, grass, etc. Therefore, speaking for myself, says this texter, I feel it's annoying when the immediate street parking is constantly utilized by the public and not the property owner. Someone says, I shovel the walks. It's my parking. See, that's where, this is where it, it all kind of stems from. You have this belief that you do the work there and it's expected. Otherwise, we get fined. So it's ours. But it's not. All I can say is one day the construction will leave and it'll be somebody else's turn.